uh, was in between three places in praying. And I had two incidents that happened to confirm what the Lord wanted me to do, but I was still struggling and battling. And we thank God for our first lady this morning, Mrs. Scott. And Sister Spence met me this morning and she was discussing something with me and then she said the word heavy. And when she said that word heavy, these are the things that the Lord had given me this morning. I wanted to minister just to prepare us as we get ready for this assembly. But the Lord said to me that there are a lot of people who are experiencing heaviness and depressions and weights. And I've had this come into my office over and over again this week. And these and the Lord basically changed the direction that I wanted to go and said, this is what I had to minister this morning. So I want to talk with you and minister to you talking and dealing with the spirit of heaviness. There's a difference between just heaviness and the spirit of heaviness. You'd be surprised how many people in church, out of church or in life, are dealing with things that are similar to depression or depression itself. And this is a very serious issue because some of you, the difference between a spirit and something that's natural or psychologically Amen. The difference between simply there's a buzz in the mic. Take it down. My monitor, bring it down a little. The difference, that's good. Don't turn my monitor off. The difference between uh, something that is a spirit and not a spirit, a spirit you cannot tell from whence it's come. There is no connection. For example, if you're depressed and you're heavy and you're burdened and your mother died, that's explainable. If you're heavy and depressed and you lost your job, that's explainable. But you're heavy and depressed and can't figure out why, where it comes from, what has happened, what's making me feel this way, that is a spirit. And many of you Wake up in the morning, heavy. Don't even know where it comes from. Many of you in the church don't know where these emotions and where these feelings are coming from, where these things are coming from. In the book of Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61, there is a such thing in Isaiah the 61st division, the 61st chapter and the third verse I want you to give me your undivided attention because I feel like God has given us something for today. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit. You see that? The spirit of heaviness that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Well, just from that little bit of verse that we read, then we can determine and we've come to the fact that there is a spirit of heaviness that 
can come upon a saint. Doesn't mean necessarily that you are demon possessed. Doesn't mean that Satan is on you. And it doesn't even mean that anything is wrong with your mind. And if you're telling, if you, and you can mess people up. Because if what you're dealing with is a spirit of heaviness and people diagnose this as depression, they start giving you pills for something you don't need pills from. Because they're giving you pills for something that's not wrong and then they're messing up your mind because the psychologists don't understand spiritual things. They only understand medical and mental. So here's a person who's dealing with the spirit but getting, getting medicine for depression or getting medicine for a medical issue. And what happens is when you take medicine for something that's wrong that ain't wrong, it messes you up. And you got a lot of messed up people in the church and they are messed up because they have been given medicine for a mental condition when it is a spiritual condition. And it has messed up the mind because now they were taking medicine for something that they shouldn't have been taking medicine for. And it messes them up. Now something has been damaged and something has been, been messed up because if I take pills for my heart and it's my liver, my heart is going to get damaged because nothing's wrong with it. If I take pills for my mind and it's a spirit, my mind is damaged. And everybody thinks, well, they're okay, they're fine. Because they have been giving this medicine and they seem to be cool and they seem to be fine, they seem to be well. But what has happened is the, the medicine has taken the physical man and suppressed it so they still have crazy thoughts. They still have mental thoughts, but they can't fulfill the thoughts because the body has been put to sleep. And as soon as that, the pill is not about the mind, it's about sedating the body. So the body has been sedated. And the mind now can't, the body can't fulfill what the mind is thinking. And many times, because we did not address it right in the beginning, medicine has messed the folk up, and now we don't know how to even repair the mind that's been messed up by medicine. Y'all follow me? Does that make any sense? All right, I want you to go with me. And so we're dealing with a spirit of heaviness. Uh, get uh, Ezra chapter 9 and 1, Ezra 9 and 1. Now, when these things were done, the prince came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land. Y'all with me? According to the, their abomination, even the Canaanites and the Hittites and the uh, Parasites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians and the Amorites, for they have taken of their daughters for themselves and have sons so they uh, the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands yea the hand of the princes and the rulers have been chief in the trespass and when I heard these things I rented my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hairs of my head and of my board and sat down astonished then were assembling to me everyone that trembled at the words of God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Verse 9. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose from my heaviness. Heaviness does not always leave. The spirit of heaviness may not always go. But you have to arise from your heaviness. 
when a spirit is on you, the spirit may not ever leave or may not ever go because it is, it is put on you to, to rest on you. You see, but I can move this spirit off of me by my actions. This is why the Lord is commanding us, let everything that have breath to praise the Lord. Praise is not about how you feel. Praise is about getting your feeling back. And, 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 and sit there, Sister Arnetta, sit there, move your books. I can put all of these heavy issues sitting right there. I can put all these heavy issues on her. All these burdens on her. Now, you read the scriptures. They put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's the book say. That's the cure for a spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. All you got to do. I don't care how much I put on you. Glory to God. I don't care how many bill problems I put on you. I don't care how much frustration I put on you. I don't care how much your husband, your wife, your child has put on you. Ezra say, I rose from my heaviness. All you got to do, stand up, sister, and praise God. Stand up and praise him. Stand up and praise him. Praise him. You can praise that mess off of you. You can't just sit there and cross your arms. You got to get up and do something. You know what the problem is with the saints? You know what the problem is? You think that your cure is in everybody else. You think that your situation have to change. And people have to change. And stuff have to change. And problems have to change. No, none of that have to change. You've got to change. You've got to stop letting it affect you. And it's time out for the church giving you pity parties and patting you on the back. It's time for you to get up and praise your way out of it. I arose from my heaviness. I got up. In fact, everybody here today, I don't care who you are. I don't care what happened to you before you got here. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I dare you. That's why the Bible tells you about leaping for joy. So we talk about leaping for joy. It's not so much that just joy is in the air. But you can't put something on you and leap. My God, it don't come off. My God, I can put this on me right now. Hallelujah. But when I leap, it got to come off. I don't care what you got on you right now. If you need a spiritual breakthrough from the spirit of heaviness, I dare you just leap. Hallelujah. 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 Tell somebody, I don't care if the monkey on your back. I don't care if the goat on your back. I don't care if the elephant on your back. I don't care if the whole zoo on your back. You can get him off right now. Praise your way out. Dance your way out. Shout your way out. 
hold up by Shandaliota. Get me Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9. My God. Nobody went through like Job. Nobody suffered like Job. Job said, I had to do something. I had hell coming from every direction. I lost 10 children. Lost all my cattle, lost all my sheep. But Job said, I came to this conclusion in the book of Job 9, 27. Amen, 9 and 27. Job said, if I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness. When I stop complaining and leave it alone, my heaviness will leave me. Stop talking about how bad you had it and what's going on. Stop complaining about it and heaviness will leave. Stop talking to everybody 24 hours a day about how bad your life has been and how much is going on. When I stop complaining, you saying I won't complain and get around and complain the next day you talk about I won't complain and get around and, 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 and right when you get out of church complaining to somebody my children cutting up this happening to me my money this job say when I stop complaining I lost 10 of my children, but when I stopped talking about my 10 children that I lost, I lost all my cattle. I stopped talking about that. I lost all my goat and all my sheep, and I stopped talking about that. When I stop complaining, I will leave off my heaviness. Hallelujah. And comfort myself. My medicine is to shut up. Stop complaining. Your heaviness will leave. So you had a bad marriage. Everybody did. Moses had one. Job had one. Jesus had one. Get over it and live. It's life. It's life. But we sit around and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Complain and complain and complain. When I stopped talking about it, my heaven has left me. And I comfort myself. Then Job said in 10 and 1, my soul is weary of life. My soul is weary of life. I will leave my complaint. Hallelujah. Upon myself. I'm going to get rid of my complaint. Because if you don't get rid of it, I'll speak in bitterness of soul. If I don't get rid of it, my soul becomes bitter. A soul becomes damaged. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up both of your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I've been through something. But I'm not going to focus on that. Because I've been blessed while I'm going through. My God, hallelujah. Tell somebody I've been through a whole lot. But I came out of a whole lot. I lost a whole lot, but I gained a whole lot. I got a whole lot I can cry about, but I got a whole lot I can shout about. Hey, Shabbat Hallelujah. 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 You ought to reach over and tell somebody something good God been to you. 
Something good that he did to you. Say, talk to him. Tell him. Tell him something good. My God. And get rid of that spirit of heaviness and praise him. And praise him. For all of the good things. Psalm 69 and 20. David says, hallelujah. My God, lift those hands up again and say thank you. He explains all that he's been through. 69 and 20. He said, reproach has broken my heart. I've been reproached. My heart is broken, the things that I went through. I'm full of heaviness. David said, I'm heaviness. I look for something to take pity. And then he said, just like some of y'all, I look for somebody to have pity on me. That's what some of y'all looking for. If the saints don't cry with you, if the saints don't moan with you, if the saints don't pat you on the back and all these things, they're problems. The church is not a place for pity parties. We have to comfort you, we have to help you, we have to pray for you, but we're not going to pet you. You pet dogs and animals and cats and monkeys. You got to get up. All this stuff you've been saying about God the last few years that God is able and God is this, I ain't going to pet you. Go back and look at some of them testimonies you testify and get out of these pity parties. David said, I wanted somebody to have pity on me, but there was none. And I looked for comforters, but I found none. Nobody could help me out of this. They gave me all gall for meat and in the thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them and that which should have been for their welfare let it come become a trap. This is the thing that David's praying. Let their eyes be darkened. You get mad you start praying stuff like this. And they see not and make their lawns continue to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrath and anger take hold of them. This is David's prayer. Let their habitation be desolate and let none dwell therein. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten and they talk to the grief of those who has wounded. Amen. This is David talking. Hallelujah. Then verse 32. I'm 30 and 30. After all that he's talking, let's get 29. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me upon high. I will praise thy name. He thought about all this stuff that he was going to do and how he was going to handle it. Then he just stopped and said, you know what? Forget all that. I will praise thy name with a song. I'm going to get out of this with a song. I'm going to sing my way out of it. Tell somebody you got to sing your way out. My God, tell them again, you got to sing your way out. David said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to praise God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better. He said, you know, this is going to please the Lord better. Because when I let my depression and my heaviness take my praise, I'm taking something from God. Praise belong to God. And you talk about the devil stealing your joy. The devil ain't just stealing your joy. He's stealing God's praise. Anytime you come in the house of God 
and you allow what you're going through to keep you from praising God, not only have you allowed the devil to take your joy, but you've allowed him to take God's praise. Now, all of you in here that have bill problems and uh, light bills and water bills, sometimes things come up in your life. Sometimes you had all your stuff all budgeted out and everything planned out, but guess what? You had a bad day. Hallelujah. You had something bad and something came up. You got a flat tire, a water broke, and you had to spend some money that you was expecting to pay Tico. But you got enough sense not to take that money that goes to go to Tico and not pay them because you had a mishap come in your life because you want your lights. You ought to have enough sense not to let what depressed you keep you from paying God what he belongs if you got enough sense to juggle your money around and to borrow to pay Tico so you won't have lights, you ought to have enough sense to come in God's house regardless of what I'm going through and what is going on. I'm going to have to make a spiritual budget and get my praise out in spite of. Yes, I'm going through. But I will bless the Lord when it feels good. I will bless the Lord when things are going good, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. David said, I'm going to get a song. And verse 32, the humble shall see this and be glad and your heart shall live that seek God. Give God a praise and say hallelujah. What do I need for depression? Well, one of the things the devil do when you get depressed, he want to keep you away from church. Want you to shut in, don't want you to go nowhere. Oh, don't go nowhere. Just stay home and you just stay in the bed and lay in the bed all day and eat popcorns and sweet and just gain weight all day long. Eat a whole dozen of donuts. You got Krispy Kreme over here, chips are all over here, Lay's potato chip, every flavor that they got. You got the new flavors they coming out, the taco flavor, the chitlin flavor, all these Lay's chips, just trying everything, laying up there. Amen. Hallelujah. Just letting all this depression set in. You need to get out of that bed, get your hair done, brush your teeth that ain't been brushed all week, too depressed to brush your teeth. How raggedy. My God, hallelujah. Had on the same clothes two or three days. Just locked up in a room. I'm talking to somebody. Just locked up in a room somewhere. Amen. Proverbs chapter, hallelujah. Y'all with me? Chapter 9. Proverbs, I'm sorry. Proverbs uh, chapter 12 and 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it to stoop. Heaviness and have you now. But a good word making it glad. My God, you need a good word. That's what you need. That's why the devil don't want you to come to church. Because a good word will take you out of... My, some of y'all in here came here to depress. But a good word will bring you out. You need to get out of that house and get to a good word. And you that are in that house today that's sitting down there in depression. And you that's in here today that came in weak. This is your cure. You need a good word. A good word will get that praise back in you. A good word will put that smile back in you. That's why you just can't stay home. A good word. That spirit of heaven has got you so bound. So heavy. You don't even want to hear me preach. Cut the, cut, the, cut the Facebook off. 
turn the radio off. Don't even want to hear it in church. And you think that's you. That's that devil. That's that spirit just sitting on you because he don't want you around the cure. Around where you can get victory. How many of y'all thank God for a good word this morning? How many of y'all feel something coming out of this good word? How many of y'all feel like you got victory after a good word? Look at somebody and tell them, I feel a little better now. My God, you don't need a pill, you need the gospel. Hallelujah. I got a pill for the gospel. The gospel will bring you out of it. The gospel will bring you out of your heaven. The gospel will put a dance in your feet and a smile on your face. Look at somebody. I'm telling you, I'm taking a pill today. My God. Woo. Y'all heard of a chill pill? This is a praise pill. My God. Anybody got a praise pill? My God. Tell somebody if I look high, I'm on my pill this morning. My God. My God. My God. My God. Anybody had your pill? Tell somebody I'm about to take my medicine. Glory to God. Depression and heaviness and the spirit of heaviness, it can hit all of us. I want to talk about how heaviness hit the apostles. Heaviness hit Jesus. I've been in heaviness, but I learned how to deal with it. I'm not telling you you're never going to get heavy. I'm not telling you that it's never going to hit you. Sometimes it just hits you. But I want to tell you how to deal with it because it's life. And the problem is if you don't have anybody to tell you how to come out of it and tell you how to maneuver through it. Because the church, we deal with two aspects from one realm to the other. And there's a lot of people who are messed up in the church because the church has not tapped into this other resource. We either deal with the physical, you can't do this or you can't do that, or the spiritual. Speak in tongue, fall out, let me pray for you. But there's that middle part that's called the mental or the soul that we won't even deal with. So you got people about to kill themselves that are speaking in tongue. And you say, how could that happen? Because we haven't dealt with the mental aspect. And you got people that look holy and dress holy and they, they spiritually speaking in tongue, but they're so miserable inside the church. God don't just you want you spiritually sound. God don't want you just physically sound, but God wants your mind right. He don't want you cracking up. He don't want you depressed. He do want you smiling. And not just when things are going good. When everything is going bad in your life, you got to know how to smile. The only difference between a man that drowns in water and a man that has fun in water is how he handles the water. My God, one man jump in the water and panicking and drown. Another man gets in there and learn how to stroke and swim. Either you're having fun in life or you're drowning. Honey, I'm having fun. Hallelujah. I'm swimming. I ain't drowning. You got to know how to handle life. That comes from the mind, the mindset. Let, so from, somebody said, well, I don't believe that the Bible, I don't believe they have this mind and all this. The Bible said, let this mind, he ain't dealing with the spiritual in the body. Let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. So God ain't just looking at your spirit and God ain't just looking at your body. God wants your mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of a 
book of Romans 9 and 1, Romans 9 and 1, we're dealing with Paul who talks about his expression and his experience with heaviness. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness. Paul, great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that myself was cursed for Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Paul said I'm depressed, I'm heavy because when I look at Israel and how messed up they are, how they have killed the Messiah and they've got rid of him and they don't even have any regard to him, I'm heavy. Pastoral depression is heavy. You can be depressed about the church. This is what Paul was. He was depressed about the church, depressed about the condition of the church. You can be depressed about your daughter's situation, your son's situation. There's a lot of you parents got good lives, but your children got you depressed. Because when you see what they're going through and what they're doing, it just got you so sad, so down. And here's a saying of God that got the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost, and come to church, they just depressed. What's wrong? My daughter cutting up again. I ain't heard for it in three days. And people got to press you out. Praise and praise and go through it. My son, he in trouble again. You got all the money you need, got salvation, but you're depressed about a child. Some of y'all are. You ain't even depressed about your own stuff. If I'm going to be depressed, it's my stuff. You got to be depressed on your own stuff. I ain't, ain't going to let that. I got enough. I ain't going to shoot myself over you. You can't even praise God because your child got you depressed. You have tapped so into their problems, so into their condition, that it has weighted you down. You have to learn how to turn your heaviness into a prayer. In the ninth chapter, Paul talks about the problem. But then Paul switches it from a grief in 10 and 1 and says, Brethren, my desire and prayer to God for Israel. Guess what? I'm going to turn that grief into a prayer. So instead of me sitting up thinking about what my child doing, we've been to turn this thing. We're going to remix it. I'm going to take it from a depression and a grief instead of getting on the phone and telling us, child, this boy is crazy. He came in here today and cussed the whole house out. And I went and looked for my money. He done stole my money. And Lord, I just don't know they're going to kill him. You see, now you are talking, and the same energy I use to call Sister Lulu, I can use that same energy to call Jesus. Because when I talk to Lulu, she don't make me feel no better. Because Lulu go to telling me what her child did, and I got my problem and Lulu problem, and then she three-way somebody else on. We got Lulu, Sue, and Sally, and all that stuff. Y'all ain't doing nothing but making a depression pot. And got a big old pot of depression. But when I take my heaviness and turn into a prayer, Lord, you know the boy ain't got good sense, Jesus. His daddy was crazy like that, but Lord, you saved his daddy. And God, I know you can save him. Lord, touch him, God. He's out here stealing and killing and robbing, but you told me you're going to save my children. My God, you told me you'll deliver my children. You told me. Now, y'all, listen, y'all can two or three touch and talk, but you can't two or three touch and agree and pray. Turn it into a prayer. 
Because prayer is a release. Prayer is getting it out of your spirit. Prayer is giving it to God. Prayer is turning it over. So Job turns it into a prayer. Can you get heavy as a saint of God? Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2 and 1. But I determine this with, with myself. Paul said, I determine with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. Paul said, I made up my mind. I done came there and depressed the whole church. He said, I made up this mind this time. I ain't coming to you with heaviness no more. I'm not coming. To... Preachers, the worst thing you can do is get up in the church and talk about all your misery and all the stuff you're going through. Testimony. People get up and testimony. And say, I, we have to have this year in this convention a testimony class. We need to have a testimony class to teach people how to testify. Don't, don't get up and say, well, thank God. God is good. God is able. They shot my dog last week. My cat got ran over and one of the mouse got out and he got in a trap and killed him. And I don't know what's going on. And, and, and all this stuff that you're talking and then get up Say, but God is able. Pray my strength in the Lord. You just took my strength. There are some services be high and geared up. And I mean, they preach about ready to preach. And sister so-and-so, some of you, you know them when they're coming. Sometimes you want to cut the service off right before the head. Cut it. You tell them You, you can see her when she's coming up. Be the last one to come up. You know she's been to get some sad story. Giving honor to the spirit of Christ, which is first in my life. I said I wasn't going to say this. I'm going to say, hey, don't say it then. And depressed the whole church. But I determined this with myself that I would not come to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorrow, I can make you sorrow. Who is he that maketh me glad? But the saying which is made sorrow by me. Paul said, if I make you sorrow, who will make me glad? I ain't come to make you sorrow. I didn't come to put this depression on you. And I wrote this same unto you. Lest when I came, I should have sorrowed from them of whom, hallelujah, I ought to rejoice. Having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much uh, afflictions and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with much tears. Not that I should be grieved, but that ye might know the love that I have more. So Paul says, I had all of this going on in my life had these troubles and I wasn't going to come to you with this sorrow spirit I found a way to maneuver my emotions and my feelings around it so that I can write you in happiness look, look at Philippians chapter 2 I'm about to go here Philippians chapter 2 and 26 for indeed listen for indeed uh, let's, let's start at uh, uh, verse uh, 25 yet I suppose it necessary to send to you uh, Epiditus uh, my brother and companion in labor, fellow soldier, by your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all 
and full of heaviness and was full of heaviness because that he had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only but unto me also lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul said this young man was sick. He was sick unto death. He was so heavy and sick that he almost died and Paul said he was sick unto death as well. But Paul said I found a way that I didn't let that sorrow overcome me. There's again uh, Paul dealing with sorrow. First Peter chapter 1 and 6. Peter deal with sorrow. So it comes upon us all. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season in, in, if need be ye a heaviness through the manifold temptations. So Paul says, for a season you go through these heaviness, you go through these depressive times. But Paul said, you'll rejoice, you'll, be, you'll rejoice out of it. I got four more scriptures, I want you to get this. Uh, Songs 38, Songs 38. I want you to look at the life of David in Songs 38. He talks about all the things that he's going through. Psalms 38 and 1. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chastise me in thy hot pleasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thine hands pressing me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bone because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. This is what he's talking about. And, and a heavy burden, they are, uh, uh, are too, uh, too heavy for me. Paul talking about how heavy they are. Uh, Peter, uh, David talks about how heavy they are. My wounds stink. I got wounds on me that are bruised. They are stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. Talk about all these foolish mistakes. I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I'm, I go mourning all day long. Doesn't this sound like some of us? My, my lawns are filled with loathing and disease and there's no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble. I'm sore. I'm broken. I've roared by reason of the disquieting of my heart. Lord, all my desires before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth. My strength faileth as from the light of my eyes. It is also gone. My lovers and my friends stand alone from me. Sore and my kids. He said, all my friends done forsake me. Everybody done backed up on me. This is Paul testifying. This is Paul, uh, Peter, uh, David rather, talking about all that he's going through. And he lays it out. All of these complaints. All of these problems. Verse 17. For I am ready to halt. I'm ready to stop. And my sorrow is continuously before me. Paul said, I just want to stop. Uh, David, rather, I want to give up. I can't take no more of this. That's it. He goes in 39, said the thing, same thing. I said I would take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even my good. My sorrow was stored. My heart was hot with me while I was musing the fire burning thy spake. Uh, with my tongue Lord make me to know my end all of this stuff Lord just kill me get me out of here but then David goes in the 40th chapter 40th division 41 he says I waited I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me out also of a horrible pit and I don't know if you ever felt like you've been in a pit a pit is different than a ditch. A ditch has ways you can climb out of it. But a pit is when something is so deep that you try to climb out and fall back in it. 
depression can be like that. Heaviness can be like that. You feel like you're getting out, but you find yourself back at the bottom of that pit. Paul said, I just waited. Uh, David, I just waited patiently upon the Lord. And he brought me out. Now, Paul, uh, David, I want to talk about Paul, I guess. <laughs> David in Psalms 91 said this. 91 and 1. 91. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands and say hallelujah. 98 and 1. He said this in 98 and 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Now, there's a reason that he says this. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. If you know how the songs of David were written, the songs of David were written because what David has took is every bad experience that he had in his life. His bad experience about his son who tried to kill him, about his son who tried, who raped all of his wives, about his own failure with Bathsheba and Uriah, all of his failures, nothing that David didn't do. Amen. When he uh, numbered Israel and tempted the Lord, all of the things that have ever happened in his life, when one son killed the other, when, when, when his son was trying to pursue him to kill him, David, this is what the book of Psalms is. The book of Psalms is stories about the life of David that he has wrote these stories and made songs. And when David said, oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, he sang, Lord, whatever come my way, I got a song for it. I'm not going to take what happens to me, hallelujah, and let just the enemy give me his lyrics. Oh, yes, the devil may give you. See, when you got a song, sometimes songs are written in portions. That means one person may have one part of the song. That's why you look at the book of Psalms and you'll see, look, 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 look at them. You'll see the division. That's why they're called division because all of these songs were not written by David. <laughs> Some songs that he would get the words from somebody else and he get this one, this part from this part and that part from that part and put the song together. So David says, sing unto the Lord a new song, which means I'm going to now add to the song and change it. I'm going to make the song new. So the devil wrote his lyrics and gave his lyrics to me. But when I got it, I didn't like the song. So he wrote his lyrics that said this and that and that. Oh, you're not going to make it. You've, you've failed. You've done this. You've done that. You've done that. And David said, let me take what you wrote, Satan, and let me take my part that I'm going to write and I'm going to make a new song. I'm going to turn this song around and and, 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 and so this, this is kind of like this when David gets the song that the devil wrote that says weeping may endure for a night and David said no I can't keep that song there I don't like that I need to add another part but joy come in the morning I don't know what song the devil has put on your desk but finish your song out the way that it's supposed to be finished out weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning David said hallelujah he delivered me out of a horrible pit the devil said you've been afflicted but David said let me not I don't like that. That, that that lyric don't sound good you've been afflicted he said let me change it it was good that I was afflicted let me, let me put some words in the song And every time a child of God went through something, every time a child of God experienced something bad and terrible, they 
were accustomed to writing a song about their misery and changing it. I want you to get me the book, my last scripture, the book of Exodus chapter 15 so you can see this in practice. Hallelujah. You can see this in practice. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and said, I may not have a good voice, but I'm getting ready to sing. Tell them, I don't even know if I'm alto, soprano, tenor. I don't know what I am, but I'm getting ready to sing a new song. Look at the 15th chapter of Exodus. It says, now this is after they got out of Egypt and Pharaoh is behind them. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed glorious to the horse and his rider has thrown into the sea. Now I know that when we read this song that says sing unto the Lord a new song, you think that's talking about the choir and these that are in the music department. But no, David is writing a song to everybody. And all of you ought to be songwriters. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Everybody in here ought to be songwriters. Now he ain't asking you to sing it to the church. Because some of y'all song ain't church ready. So he says, sing this to the Lord. When you come to the Lord and just you and the Lord there, see, singing unto the Lord is different than singing to the church. You see, you're serenading him. Just you and God. You know, some of you ain't got no good voice. So, you know, when you used to be out there, Teddy Pentagraph or whoever keeps when they play the music, you couldn't sing, but you have your mouth to singing to him or her like you were singing. Y'all ain't said nothing. Ain't have no voice, voice cracking Luther. Oh my God. That's <laughs> way back there. Martin Luther, who was Luther? <laughs> well, anyway, you singing directly to that person. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing like. See, if you look, if you look at the book of Job, the book of Job is a part of the Bible that's called poetry. And so when, 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 when Job is singing, nobody's there. They're just there getting the words and writing them. But Job is not just talking to people around. See, songs are somebody's personal song to God. And so Job is saying from a hospital bed, amen, sitting down with swords. You got to get it. It's not like he's writing this to the whole church. He's sitting down singing to God and saying, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And that's him. In God. Ain't nothing like you and God in there by yourself in the trial. And you walking to him and singing, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And pitied God on one side and you on the other with your head. So David says, sing unto the Lord a new song. So now you got to see the scene. The children of Israel have been in bondage for 400 years and they are coming out the Red Sea. God is on one side blowing the wind. Well, what a romantic scene. And the children of Israel on the other side. And when God and the children, the children of Israel walking by, God on the other side of the Red Sea, Moses busts out in this song. Then said Moses and the children of Israel, this song unto, unto, unto the Lord. 
Too often in church we're singing to the congregation. But we're not singing to the Lord. Ain't nothing when you just get your hands and just start looking up to him. Lord, you're so good in your mercy and doing forever. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Y'all ain't said nothing. Somebody ought to look to him right now and say, oh, how I love Jesus. Because you first love me. To me, you are so wonderful. Lord, you're good and your mercy and do it forever. People from every. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Somebody ought to look up to him right now and just sing something to him. Mm, Lord, Lord, Lord. You've so been good to me. You saved my soul. Lord, I love you. I love you. Somebody ought to look up to him right now. I ain't talking about that person next to him. He said, Lord, you healed me when I was sick. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Somebody ought to sing to him. Because of who you are, I will live. Lord. Look at somebody and say, sing unto the Lord a new song. Tell somebody, I don't know what song you're going to sing. But if you can sing to Bill and Sue, you can sing to him. Bill left you, John left you, but Jesus still with you. And you can't sing him a song and say, Lord, I love you. And I want to love you more. Look up to him real quick, about just about 30 seconds. Somebody ought to sing your song to him. Ain't nobody here got a tune nowhere. Ain't nobody got a song nowhere. Ain't nobody got something you can sing to God. Open your mouth right now. You don't even need the music for that one. Just sing your own song in your own seat. Sing it to the Lord. Don't worry about nobody listening to you. My God, sing it to glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We've been adjusted to singing to one another. My God, we've been adjusted to talking to one another. But the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. What that mean? He was trying to get God's heart. And ain't nothing in his song did the same thing. You see, David was after God's heart and Solomon was after their heart. So Solomon wanted song to them to gain their heart. But David wrote songs to God. Ain't nothing like you. Listen, let me tell you something. God is weak for praise. God is weak for praise. What do you mean about that? He don't like certain things sinners do, but he said, let everything. I'm so weak for praise. Now, when we say everything that have breath, we think that's just talking about humans. He say, if a mosquito can breathe, I want his praise. If a monkey can breathe, I want his praise. I want it from the goat. I, every time the goat say, bad God say, that's right. My God, I'm backing things up. My God. Every time the cow say move, God said, that's right. When I come, it got to move out of my way. He got birds singing. He got cows singing. He got cattle singing. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. But he said, oh, that men would pray the Lord. Hallelujah. I need somebody in this place to stand up on your feet and open your mouth and shout a praise out of your mouth and say you're worthy. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, I got some songs 
that's been on my desk a long time. The devil put some lyrics on there. But tell somebody I'm finna remix it and sing unto the Lord a new song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. He put a song on your desk. I'm about to go here, but I got to say what the Lord said. He put a song on your desk a few months ago. Hallelujah. That said your son got shot and your son got killed. That was lyrics for the devil to put on your song list. But just before you sung the song, you told the devil you missed something. Yes, I lost my song, but right here in the midst of the funeral, let it be written, let it be said. My God, my son got killed, my son got shot, I lost my baby, but that ain't where the song is. Because in all of that, I still learn how to praise him. Somebody ought to remix the song. I lost my car, I lost my house, I lost everything, but yet, yet, I will pray the Lord. Tell somebody, say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to sing a song, and sometimes I can't see, sometimes I'm blind, but I'll do like Stevie Wonder. I'm blind, but I can still see. I can still sing my God hallelujah I still got a song I can't see my way but I'll just shake my head and play my music my 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 do I have any Stephen Wonder saints that say I can't see my God but I can feel I can feel the keys I can shake my head I can praise him I don't know where the money's coming from I don't know yeah 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 somebody Woo. somebody look at your neighbor and say neighbor sometimes you got the same blind sometimes you got the same hurt but I refuse to let the devil write my song without me putting my two in. Somebody say yeah. Lift your hands and say yeah. I'm gonna make it. Yes. We've been endure for a night. But tell somebody but look at your neighbor and, 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 and say neighbor Say, neighbor, I'm on this side of the butt. I'm weeping, but on the other side of the butt, there's some weeping on this side of the butt. But on this side of the butt, joy, come in the morning. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to move on the other side of my butt. Joy, joy, wow. in the morning yeah yeah ah. hey hey look here David wrote the song Moses wrote the song I'm closing 
he looked at what's going on and started writing in the midst of it and Moses said then sang Moses unto the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horses and his riders as he thrown into the sea the Lord is my strength in my song he is become my salvation he is my God then he goes down to verse 3 the Lord is a man of war he writes his song verse 4 Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts has he cast in the sea all of these are the songs of Moses hallelujah and we can a new type of singing in Exodus chapter 15 usually one songwriter writes the songs and all the men of Israel they were the singers women weren't the singers women weren't the dancer the praise was just in the hands of men but oh God Miriam say wait a minute I can't let y'all sing and leave us out because he brought us out too and in Exodus 15 and 20 and Miriam the prophetess and the sister of Aaron took a tamarind in her hand and all the women went out after her with tremble and with dance and Miriam answered them sang ye unto the Lord so one song needs an answer that's where we get this singing that we answer everybody we sing and answer church don't do singing and answering no more but that's where the first singing and the answer come from what you know about Jesus that's a question now somebody need to answer he's alright have you tried Jesus he's alright God is a good God I need the answer he's aware of what can't nobody can't nobody no 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 nobody nobody no 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 nobody see I need an answer somebody say hallelujah and when Moses and the children of Israel got to singing hallelujah there was the men in the front. Let me get a few men here. There was the men in the front leading. Hallelujah. Let me get a few men. Yes, sir. The men were leading. And the women were behind the men. Come on, sisters. Let me get the praying women. Let me get some women that got some tamarines. Some praying women who got some robes. The women were in the back. The men were in the front. Hallelujah. And they're walking through the Red Sea. Hallelujah. My God, give me somebody in the back here. Somebody put your hand together and give God a praise. Yeah, yeah. Come here, Kashanda. Hallelujah. Give me the mic here. Glory.
Holy Ghost. And as they're walking through the Red Sea, they're singing, asking questions, and answering them. Marching, the women in the back, and Moses is up front. Have you tried Jesus? He's alright. 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 And while Moses was singing up front, my God, the women in the back start to shout. My God, hallelujah. When they first start leaving out, the men of Israel saw Pharaoh coming and they said, let's run. We got to run. But when they saw what the Lord was doing, they didn't run. It looked like they just got in place and started running in place. You ain't got to worry. Somebody turned their run into a dance. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, God's getting ready to turn your run into a dance. My God, and why? Anybody here want victory? I dare you. I dare you. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, folk getting in the grocery line, food stamp line, welfare line. We're going to get in the miracle line. Now look here. The miracle line finna come your way. And everybody that want a miracle. Everybody want a miracle. When the miracle line come your way, I want you just jump in line. This miracle line gonna start. We gonna go around the whole church here. Brothers, let them brothers get behind me and these prayers. Yeah, y'all follow me. Look at somebody tell them I'm getting ready to get in the miracle line. In the deliverance line. When the line comes your way, tell somebody, jump in line. Hey! Hey! What you know about Jesus? What you know about Jesus? Jump in line. What you know about Jesus? Come on in. What you know about Jesus? He's alright. What you know about Jesus? He's alright. What you know about Jesus? He's alright. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, there's victory in the line. The Lord told me to tell you why you're in this line. There are some walls that you need to come down. This is not just the victory line. This is the bulldozer line. And, 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 whatever wall you need to go down while we're in the line, I want you to believe it's coming down. Put your hand together. God is a good God. I say God is a good God. I say God is a good God. I said God is a good God. Yes, he is. Fight my battle, fight my battle. Fight my battle, Fight my battle, fight my battle. Fight my battle. Look here. 
look at somebody and say, neighbor, I know I'm in line, but I still like shouting right here in the line. I dare you to break out of the shout right in line. Hey, 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 hey. Look at the person next to you and say, neighbor, I'm in the lineup. Come on. Come on, put your hand together.
spite of what's going on, you praise God right now. And your victory is coming. Right where you are. Your victory. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I'm going to dance anyway. If I don't feel it, if I don't see it, just dance anyway. Dance, 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 dance. the spirit when we get to this part of the church from one side to the other I want you to believe that you're crossing the other side of your butt tell somebody I'm going on the other side of the butt look out here I feel something so when we get from this side we've been endured for a night but joy I want you to believe by faith when you step from one side to the other you stepping into victory you stepping into breakthrough you stepping into healing and I don't want you to walk across I want you to praise you across my God come on come on y'all follow me Oh, God. 
Come this far 